Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father God, in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, we thank you so much for this day that you have made, for we shall rejoice and be oh so glad in it. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that is out there today, O oh Lord God. Speak to their hearts and touch them, O oh Lord, wherever they may be, O oh Lord. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O oh Lord. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God again. Welcome to Genesis 1. Let me just say at the outset here, uh, why don't you go grab your Bible and get a marker, a pencil, a paper, a piece of paper, whatever, take some notes as Holy Spirit so guides. You'd be surprised how these uh, scriptures that we cover will come back to help you later on as things come up in your life. Praise the living God. I just want to start saying to you today that uh, um, for you to take heed, take heed, amen, take heed because God is preparing a blessing for you, all right? Here we are in the uh, coming on of the Christmas time, Christmas day in a couple of weeks here, and the time is just flying by. But in this Christmas season, we're thinking so much about the birth of the Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Remember that um, uh, God gave us the ultimate gift in the form of his son. Uh, Jesus Christ gave his life for us so that we could have life eternal, and we should be also grateful and so thankful for that. So as we're thinking about this Christmas season, remember that God is in a, in a state of continually wishing to bless you. And um, God has some blessings coming your way. So, so do not be uh, disturbed. Do not be perturbed if things are not quite going right for you right now. God is in the blessing business, and that's what he is about to do to you, for you, uh, coming very, very soon. Okay, so just, just, just hold on. But as we are preparing for blessings and, uh, and our promised lands, you know, you've heard me uh, say before um, uh, the analogies that we all have our wildernesses and our promised land. Okay, the same way Israel went through the wilderness for that long period of time, 40 years. But there were blessings that God had promised them at the end so that they would indeed come into their promised land. Well, the same thing applies to us. Okay, we all have our wildernesses and we have many wildernesses, wildernesses that kind of come and go throughout life. Those wilderness experiences or anything in our life, in our lives that, that, that seem like, like it's a dry place, you know, a period of time where, where you're not moving forward or where you're praying for something that doesn't seem to be materializing and you're kind of just, just holding on, just holding on. And you're kind of, you know, just dragging along. This is that wilderness experience that we all go through uh, at various points in life. But also at various points in life, there are also promised lands that we come into, okay? And those promised lands take take place in the uh, in the form of uh, that blessing that you've been praying for, okay? That breakthrough that you've been praying for, that job that you've been hoping and praying so much for, and you get that job, and you are you get that job, and and you had a hard time getting there. I mean, studying for it, or it was, you know, hard competition, other people there where you thought were better than you, but you wound up getting that job. That is a promised land that you you wind up in okay so we all go through wilderness experiences and we go through promised lands in our lives okay and so i'm saying to you today that as you get to your promised land okay the word of god speaks about many things the same way way god talked to israel about what to do and how to behave when they get to their promised land i want to visit some of those things uh, with you today here by word of, by way of scripture okay so we just want to start out by going to um to deuteronomy uh where i want to be deuteronomy 10 Deuteronomy 10. Oh, praise the living God. Deuteronomy 10, verse 22. Deuteronomy 10, verse 22. 
Okay, and we're going to start there, and then we're going to go through into Deuteronomy uh, 11 and 12. So we have quite a bit of scripture to cover, so have your pencil, your paper, highlighter, or whatever ready, because there's some very, very valuable information on how we should be prepared for when we get to our promised land, whatever that is that you're praying for uh, with God. Praise the living God. Verse 22, thy fathers went down into Egypt with three score and ten persons, and now the Lord thy God hath made thee as the stars of heaven for multitude. Okay, so what he's saying there, you started out with three score and ten persons, 70 people, and now the Lord thy God has made thee as the stars of heaven for multitude. Uh, chapter 11, verse number one. Therefore, thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. And know you this day, for I speak not with your children which have not, which have not known and which have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his outstretched arm, and his miracles and his acts which he did in the midst of Egypt, unto Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and unto all his land. So what he's saying there, to go back on and re revisit this here, he says, For I speak not with your children which have not known. In other words, I'm not speaking to anyone that has not known what I can do, okay? I'm not speaking to you as someone that, that has not witnessed what I have done. I speak not with your children which have not known and which have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his stretched out arm, and his miracles, and his acts, which he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and unto all his land, and what he did unto the army of Egypt unto their horses and to their chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea to overflow as they pursued you, and how the Lord has destroyed them unto this day, and what he did unto you in the wilderness until you came into this place, and what he did unto Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben, and how the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, and their households and their tents, and all the substance that was in their possession in the midst of Israel. But your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord, which he did. In other words, he's reminding Israel right here. I'm not speaking to someone who has not seen me in action. Okay? I'm not speaking to someone who has not seen me in action. Because you see, you saw what I did with Pharaoh. You saw what I did in bringing you out of Egypt. You saw all of the things that you went through, how the Red Sea opened before you, and then you passed through successfully. And then when, when Pharaoh tried to follow with his army, how I, I drowned them and, and took them all away, you know, and, and you have not, you, you, you have seen exactly what I have done. So God is saying to us today through this scripture, that he is not speaking to us, we who are people who have not seen God in action. You've seen God in action in your life. I'm sure you've had experiences there here in the, in the past where, where something was really, really challenging before you, something was really, really difficult for you, where you were maybe praying for a job, praying for a house, praying for a spouse, and whatever, and it's at the time it seemed to be so impossible, but God delivered you, God delivered you, and at that point in time, you had to scratch your head and say, oh, wow, look what God did, it's amazing, I got that job, that person came to see me, things, things are working out now, whereas before you were going through that wilderness, that time there where you just felt so so, um, you felt so so out of it where you felt like you were not going to be able to, to, to achieve or to be successful. So it's not that, in other words, it's not that you have not seen God in action in your life because you have, because you have, and we all have. Again, we all have those wilderness experiences, and then we also get to that promised land where God delivers for us. So God is giving, some, giving, giving Israel some advice, which we need to, to look at today, especially during this time of year, as we, we're, as we are looking to be blessed, hoping to be blessed, and God is saying that he is going to bless you, okay? So he says in verse 7 again, 
um, but your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord, which he did. Therefore, shall you keep all the commandments. Now, here we go. Therefore, you shall keep all the commandments which I command you this day, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land whither you go to possess it. So he's saying here, what he's saying here now is that he wants you to be strong because there are things that we need to do. As God pours out this new blessing that is coming your way and you come to this new promised land, okay, that he's going to give you, this blessing, this is your new promised land coming up. God is saying here, God is saying here that, that, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land to possess whatever it is that God is going to bring you into. Whether it be a new job, a, a new location, maybe God is going to move you someplace, I don't know, but whatever that blessing is, he's saying that you may be strong and go in to possess the land, whether you go, whether you go to possess it. And that you may prolong your days in the land. You may prolong your days in the land, that you may continue to prosper in this blessing that God is going to give you. Okay, you may prolong your days. Okay, prolong your days as you succeeding in whatever it is that you're going to be coming into. Prolong your days in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give unto them and to their seed a land that flows with milk and honey. Good thing, good things are coming your way, saint. For the land whither thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt. Is not as the land of Egypt. The blessing that you're going to receive, where you are going to go, where God is going to take you, is not like where you were before, okay? It's not like where you were before. Whatever your state of being was, whatever your state of life was, wherever God is going to bring you into, it's going to be a good thing. It's going to be a, a land of milk and honey, so to speak, so it'll be a good thing, and it is not going to be like where you were before, okay? Okay? With the ghost is a... Um, uh, from whence you came out. Let me read that again. Verse 10. For the land whither thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt from whence you came out, from where you came out, where, where you sowed thy seed and watered it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. But the land where you go to possess it is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the rain of heaven, a land which the Lord thy God cares for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year, even until the end of the year. So in other words, God will be overseeing your life and he's reminding you there that he'll be there in this blessing, this blessed place God's going to bring you to from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And you're going to prosper in that land. You're going to drink water from heaven. So this is going to be a good state of being where God is going to bring you into. This is Christmas time here and God is a God of, of giving. And he's going to give you some things, to give you some blessings, pour out a blessing upon you. If you can mainly, mainly trust in him and have faith in him and keep his word, keep his word saying this is so impossible. All right. This is, this is so impossible for many times for us to do to keep that word because we, we, we think about the things that we should be doing. Stop thinking about what we should be doing and rest in the fact that God here is going to bless you. He's going to bless you. He's going to bring you into a good place. Okay. But the land whither you go to possess is a land of hills and valleys, drinketh water of the rain of heaven, a land which the Lord thy God cares for. Where you're going to be, God is going to care for you there, care for your being there. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year, even unto the end of the year. And it shall come to pass, it shall come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, 
that I will give you the rain of your land in this due season, in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil. So what he's saying here, basically in modern day, modern day experience here, because we don't gather in corn and, and things like that. Not, not all of us, not many of us, maybe all of us are farmers. But even if you are in the farming business, I mean, consider this here. God is going to bless your land. Okay, and when he talks about the former rain and the latter rain, the first rain and the latter rain, this is saying that the rain will come in due season. Okay, will not come unexpectedly where it's going to drown out your crops. And then, and now for us people that are not farmers, in other words, whatever we need will be supplied in due season, in its time. Okay, God is not going to let any situation or conditions overtake us being successful and happy and joyful in this blessing that he's going to give unto us. But it started out there saying there in verse number 13, so come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Okay, now that's the prerequisite. We have to love our God. We shall hearken diligently unto his commandments. Diligent doesn't mean a, a casual following his word. It means that diligent. It means that I will, will really go out of my way to make sure that I am following God's commands. I will listen to his commands. Hearken means to listen to, to listen to, okay? It says, I will give the rain to your land in due season. He says that, that uh, you'll gather your corn and your wine and your, your oil. Then it says in verse 15, and I will send grass in thy fields for thy cattle that thou mayest eat and be full, eat and be full. All of us don't have cattle, but it means though that we will have plenty. We will have, we won't be worrying about where the food for our table is going to come from. We won't be worrying about, about not having, we won't be worried about lack. God will indeed provide. It says, take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived. Now, here's an important thing here. Take heed to yourself that your heart be not deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Okay, do not be deceived. Don't turn aside and, and serve other gods and worship them. You say, well, Pastor Mike, I don't worship any gods. I don't have any idols. If you have anything in your life, anything in your life that you wind up putting before God, that can become an idol. Okay, that can become an idol. You know, I always talk about, you know, the proverbial guy that has a 1954 Chevy in his garage that he's restoring getting parts from the internet from all over the place. He just goes mad, you know, just getting these parts and everything. Oh, I need a, I need a carburetor that'll fit this beautiful 54 and he's restoring it. And every single Sunday he's in that garage working on that car rather than going to church. He's in, in the garage on that, on that time during the week where maybe God is calling him to prayer. He's in that garage working on that car when maybe he knows and, he, and the Holy Spirit is tugging at his heart. Come and spend some time with me. Come and talk to God the Father. God is calling you. God has something to say to you that he's into that garage to work on that 1954 beautiful Chevrolet that he loves so much. Amen. That Chevrolet, that 54 Chevy is his idol because he's putting it before God. So you have to be careful. He's saying, do not be deceived. Let yourself get sucked into something or someone or some events that take place that wind up keeping, uh, uh, putting, you wind up putting it before God because then that thing can become an idol in your life. Don't be spending every single waking moment thinking about how I can make some more money. What stocks should I buy? Um, what should I sell? And this is where, you, where all you're thinking about, you're consumed with how can I increase my bank account? That is becoming an idol in your life, okay? So God is telling us here, take heed, to, take heed, you know, take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Okay. Now he was telling Israel this particularly because the land that they were going to be overtaken, you know, were filled with all of these heathens and all of these pagans. He did not want Israel getting into the, into here where they wind up worshiping those other gods. All right. So God is telling you today also, be careful. You don't wind up inadvertently worshiping some other God 
with a small G that you might have put in before our God with a big, big, big capital G. Amen. Amen. It says in 17, and then the, let me start by 16 and read it through. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you and, and he shut up the heaven. All right. You start doing that. God's wrath will be kindled against you and you shut up the heaven. Shut up the heaven. In other words, the blessings will stop flowing in your life. The blessing will stop flowing in your life. You want to let yourself be deceived where you wind up chasing after other things besides God. You're not hearkening unto his commandments. Then you wind up facing the wrath of God where he shuts up the heaven from you. Okay. That there be no rain. Okay. That there be no rain and that the land yield not her fruit unless you perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord gives you. In other words, that blessing can stop. That blessing can dry up from before you if you don't hearken unto what God is saying here today, what you're reading. That blessing that God is going to put before you could very well dry up if you wind up putting other gods, other things before him, and you wind up developing idols in your life, all right? So God is saying here, God, Lord's wrath be kindled against you, and he shut up to heaven. There be no rain, and the land yield not her fruit, unless you perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. Therefore, Shall you, shall you lay up these words in your heart? Therefore, shall you lay up these words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. Okay. Now back here in ancient Israel, they actually had, and if you, you know, you can look it up on the internet and that is called a phylactery. It's a little, little box that they wound, had a, had a, a, a very, very detailed way of winding the straps around their hand. And, and inside that box, there's some scriptures and they also had it on the forehead, a square box that was tied around the head. And so what this is referring to is, is putting the word near. Therefore, shall you lay up these words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontless between your eyes. Okay. And you can look on the internet and you can see where they sell these things still, because there's some still, still, uh, still some Orthodox Jews that still practice what this is talking about here. And you shall teach Teach them, your children, verse 19, and you shall teach them, your children, speaking of them when you sit down in thy house and when thou walks by the way, when thou liest down and when they rise up, when you rise up. Please underline that part that you shall teach them, your children. The Lord knows we need to be teaching the true word of God to our children. We see what's going on or what is, a, is attempting to be going on in many of the schools that are around us, right? If you are blessed enough to have your children in a good Christian school where, where um, you know, the faculty and, and the leadership there, the principals of those Christian schools are not bowing down to this woke agenda, what they're trying to teach the children, bringing transvestites and, and so forth into, uh, into the classrooms, where they're letting them read story time to the children, where they're trying to tell children at, at first and second grade, you know, all sorts of sexual matters and, and matters and have all sort of, sorts of deviant textbooks that they're showing in there with all sorts of uh, pornographic uh, illustrations. And I mean, it's, it's a shame what is happening to the public education system here today. And I won't get started on that because that's a sermon unto itself there. But we need to remember what this is saying in verse 19. You shall teach them to your children. We need to teach our children the word of God. We need to make sure that our children are in Sunday school. And if, we, if, we, if we're in a small church that doesn't have a Sunday school, then by all means, then we should be teaching our children, okay? You know, get some little Bibles for them. Get some little books. You can get wonderful study books and devotionals for youngsters online. You can buy those things, get those things very easily these days. But we should be teaching the word of God uh, to our children, speaking of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. And thou shalt, verse 20, and thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house 
and upon thy gates. All right. Now Israel again, they had a um, thing, a thing called a, um, a mezuzah. Mezuzah it was called. And uh, when I lived in New York, and it was a very large. Uh, uh, Jewish population there. Many of my neighbors had these little things that uh, a, a, a little um, a little attachment, if you will, were inside our, our, our scriptures. Uh, Deuteronomy, some scriptures from Deuteronomy are written in there uh, on a scroll, and they're inserted into this little little oblong rectangular box, if you will, and they they are fixed to the right side of the doorpost. Okay, on the right side of the doorpost, and they're placed on an angle. They're not placed perpendicular up and down like this. They're placed on an angle with the top part of the mezuzah facing towards the inside of the house. Right now, Israel here was believing that around the doorpost, the lintels in the doorpost, was the separation between your house, where safety and the word of God is, and the turmoil of the outside world. So when you passed into their house, where God was being that God was being talked and discussed and God was being prayed to in the safety of the house inside, that was their safe haven. Outside of the door, the other side of the doorpost, outside was where the turmoil of the world was going on. So we're Excuse me. So where it says there, and thou shalt write them the word, the word of God, write them upon the doorposts of thine house and upon thy gates, that your days may be multiplied, and the days of your children, and the land which the Lord swore unto your your fathers to give them, as the days of heaven upon the earth. For if you shall diligently, there's that word diligently again, if you shall diligently keep all these commandments, which I command you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to cleave unto him, then will the Lord drive out all these nations from before you, and you shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. All right. So in other words, here in modern day, our parlance, then what he's saying is that if you shall diligently keep the Lord's, keep the Lord's word, you shall diligently practice what God is telling us to do, that we shall indeed, uh, we will get promoted, all right? We will move on to even greater things, all right? If you diligently keep his word, all right? We cannot be slackers. We can, you never could uh, afford to be a slacker as far as God's word is concerned, but we definitely today cannot afford to be a slacker with all of the, the adverse forces of darkness that are indeed against us as Christian and against us as children of the living God. Amen. 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 We cannot be slack. We cannot be asleep at the wheel. We need to be diligently sleep, uh, seek out the word, the word of God and to seek God out. Verse 23, then will the Lord drive out all these nations from before you. Every single challenge that may come your way, every single adverse thing that could possibly come against you, the Lord will drive it away from you. All these nations from before you and you shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. You know, with God, you can't imagine some of the wonderful things God has in store for you. You can't begin to imagine it. Don't think of yourself in such a small way. Don't think that you are incapable, that you are, are, are unable to do some things. You've got God, the creator of the universe behind you, who loves you and cares for you. And he's going to bless you and then promote you and expand where you are right now. He's going to expand your horizons to places that you can't even believe. If you just trust him and diligently seek his word diligently seek his face. Go to him in prayer in the morning, in the noon, in the afternoon. You know, the word of God says, it says to pray continually. And you can pray, you can pray that while you're doing the dishes, while you're in the shower. And I, I certainly do. I don't sing too well, so I don't sing in the shower, but I pray in the, in the shower. Amen. Amen. So God is just saying to you that, that he, he will drive out other nations from before you. You will possess greater nations, mightier than, and mightier than yourselves. Every place, verse 24, Every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread upon shall be yours. Can you imagine that? Every place that you step shall be yours. 
so you will be able, you'll be successful in more ways that you can imagine. Every place where on the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours from the wilderness and Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, even unto the uttermost sea shall your coast be. Right? God's saying all of this is going to be your, your, your place. So you have horizons yet that you cannot imagine that are set before you. You have horizons that are going to be so great and so grand if you will just trust in and believe God. There shall no man be able to stand before you. For the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon, as he has said unto you. Can you imagine what that is saying there? All right. There shall no man be able to stand before you. For the Lord will lay the fear of you. For the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you tread upon. Right? Don't be worrying about people that are coming against you. God is going to take care of them. Don't be worrying about anyone that may be thinking about stopping you, hindering you from getting to where God wants you to be. He says God will put, say God will, will lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon the land. Okay? So people in their own way will say, oh, I better not mess with him. I better not mess with her. Okay. Oh, she's a Christian. He's a Christian. But he's a real Christian. She's a real Christian. I better not try to, to do anything to, to stymie what is happening in, in uh, his or her uh, uh, world. I'm not going to go against her to stop him from getting that promotion. I'm not going to go against her to stop her from succeeding in what she's trying to do. Because I just don't want to mess with them. I've seen, I've seen what, I've seen what happened, what's been happening in her life. I've seen what's happening in his life. He seems to, he seems to be blessed in some sort of way. And they don't quite understand what they're really saying because you are blessed. But they don't understand. They can't imagine why it is that you're getting promotion, why you're being blessed, why the things that you've been praying for have been coming to fruition. They don't understand it, but they do know, know in their spirits, oh, I better not mess with her. Okay. I better not mess with him. I better not do this. I better not do that. God said that he's going to prepare your way and will, and will move out of the way anyone that tries to, to stand in your way, that will try to prevent what God is doing in your life. Okay, Verse number 26 says, Behold, I have set before you this day, behold, I have set before you this day a blessing and a curse. All right. Now, this was written some time ago, but you're reading the word of God's, God's word now. God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God does not change. He's the same always. So he said this to Israel, then, behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. So the word of God is saying to you today, today, the word of God is saying, behold, I set before you this day, this day, the day that you're listening to this message, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God. Underline that, please. If you obey. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. Today. Today we are listening to this message. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. Okay? So you have a choice. A blessing or a curse. You're hearing this today, the day that you're hearing this message. God has put before you a blessing and a curse. It says again, a blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And then in 28 it says, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. Underline that please. A curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. There it is again. 
Now here he was telling Israel that I'm putting before you a blessing and a curse. It'll be a blessing if you obey me. It'll be a curse if you do not obey my commandments and you wind up turning aside. That's one way that you're disobeying, being, you're being disobedient. If you're turning aside away from the way that he's telling us to go and starts worshiping other things. And that's like the guy with the proverbial uh, 1954 Chevrolet or anything else in your life that you're putting before God, where you're following after those things, after those people. Maybe there's someone that you're so in love with that you wind up following whatever they say to do. They say jump and you say how high. You're on your way to church and they say, to you, oh, well, why don't you go hang out with us? We're going to so-and-so. We're going to the beach. We're going here. We're going to see a show. And you, you, you don't go to church. You don't do what God is telling you because you're following after this person. You love them so much that you're following after someone else. Another human being can become a God if you're not careful. So if there's someone that you're in love with, male or female, someone out there who, 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 who has someone that they really, really love, deeply in love with, and that person is trying to get you to, 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 to not go to church, to, to not, they're poo-pooing the word of God. When you quote scripture to them about, oh, that doesn't make sense, that's nonsense, and you wind up following after them, then that person has become a God with a little G in your life. And you need to be very, very, very careful because they're pulling you aside. Do not be deceived. Don't let your heart, quote unquote, you know, that love thing become so powerful in your life that that person is pulling you away from God. Because the blessing that he has in store for you will poof, disappear. Or the blessing that you may have from him will dry up. But in either case, you don't want to go there. A curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. And it shall come to pass when the Lord thy God has brought thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, that thou shalt put the blessing upon Mount Gerizim and the curse upon Mount Ebal. Are they not on the other side, Jordan, by the way where the sun goes down in the land of the Canaanites, which dwell in the, in the Champagne over against Gilgal, beside the plains of Morah? For you shall pass over Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God gives you and you shall possess it and dwell therein. And you shall observe to do all the statutes and judgments which I set before you this day. Okay. And I'm going to continue on into uh, chapter number 12 here. 12 verse number one. These are the statutes and judgments which you shall observe to do in the land, which the Lord God of thy fathers gives thee to possess it all the days that you live upon the earth. These are the statutes and judgments. Okay. You shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which you shall possess serve their gods. Tear down all of those demonic temples, in other words, upon the high mountains and upon the hills and upon every, every uh, green tree. You shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their groves with fire. And you shall, and you shall uh, destroy the names of them out of that place. You shall not do, you're not, you shall not do so unto the Lord your God. But unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall you seek, and thither shall thou come. And thither you shall bring your burnt offerings, and your sacrifices, and your tithes, and heave offerings at your hand, and your vows, and your freewill offerings, and the firstlings of your herds and flocks, and of your flocks. In other words, tell him, tell him, he's telling them all of those altars that are out there in high places, you know, those demonic altars out there, to tear them down, okay? But then it says there, but you shall not do so unto, the, unto your God, the Lord your God, 
unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there, even to his habitation shall you seek, and there you shall come. In other words, if there's been some place that you've been maybe thinking about going to worship, and there's not a place where God would want you to be, maybe it's a place of worship that is not out and out demonic, but maybe it's not where God would want you to be worshiping, he's saying there, then do not go there. But in the place that God does send you to, but unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of your tribes to put his name, even to his habitation shall you speak, that's where you shall go. If you're praying for a church, you're praying where to attend, seek God's face and let him point you in the direction that he wants you to go. Okay. God has a place in your life where he wants you to be, where he is, not a place where he is not. Now, unfortunately, you've heard me preach on other, other messages here, you know, about, unfortunately, the church of the living God has, has, has become so lax, for want of a better term. The church of the living God now has many that are pulling into it things that are not in his word, simply, simply because they want to be woke, they want to be accepted, they want to expand their membership, they want more people to come, and so they start catering to all sorts of things and, and social behaviors, cultural behaviors that are so popular today, They've gotten into that, that they've gotten away from the word of God. That's not where God, our God, wants you to be. That's not where our God wants you to be. So you need to make sure you don't go there. Go where God wants you to be, where he is, where he is. Unto this place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all of your tribes to put his name there, where he is, to put his name there. Even unto his habitation shall you seek, and there shalt thou, shalt thou come. Thither shalt thou come. Verse 6 says, and, and there you shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and your tithes and, and heave offerings of your hand and your vows and your freewill offerings and the firstlings of your herds and of your flocks. Listen, now this is pertaining to our giving. God wants us to give where he wants us to give, where his name is, where his word is being practiced. We should not be giving someplace where God's name is not being fully practiced, is not being practiced, where they're pulling in again, as I said, all of these cultural things that have changed that are against the word of God, all of these woke things that are so against the word of God, and these churches are pulling it in and they're saying that all are welcome, all are welcome. Yes, God loves everybody. I've said this before and I'll say it again. God loves everybody, but God hates and, 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 and abhors the sin that they have in their lives by way of homosexuality and trans transgenderism and all of the other things that are, are against his word. Okay. God loves that individual and wishes they would change their way. Okay. But God does not, does not love and, and permit their sin. So we can invite people in and then we pray for them and pray with them and let Holy Spirit minister to them so that they will come out of their sinful lifestyle. But we do not, as a church of the living God, embrace that lifestyle because God doesn't. That's the simple reason is that God does not embrace that lifestyle or some of the woke practices that we're hearing today. So what God is saying is, not to get away from the scripture that we're reading it, so God is saying here that you go where I want you to go, where my name really is. You go where I want you to, to where I am, and that's where you give your tithes. That's where you give your offerings there. Okay, We're supposed to be tithing, giving our offerings where we are being fed, where we are being fed. Okay, You give your tithes where you are being fed. Amen, amen, amen. So you make sure that you go where God wants you to be. Verse 7 says, and there shall you eat 
before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all that you put your hand unto, you and your households, wherein the Lord thy God has blessed thee. You shall, you shall not do after all the things uh, that we do here this day. You shall not to do, you shall not, sorry, you shall not do after all the things which we do here this day, every man whatsoever his right in his own eyes. For you are not as yet come to the rest and to the inheritance which the Lord your God gives you. You have not, you are not as yet come to the rest and to the inheritance which the Lord your God gives to you. So it's on the way. It's on the way. What he's saying, you have not totally gotten there yet, but it's on the way. But when you go over Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God gives you to inherit, and when he giveth you rest from all your enemies round about so that you dwell in safety, then there shall be a place which the Lord your God shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. There shall you bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings um, and all your sacrifices, your tithes and the heave offering of your land and all your choice vows which you vow unto the Lord. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God. You and your sons and your daughters and your men servants and your maid servants and the Levite that is within your gates, for as much as he has no part nor inheritance with you. Take heed to, your, to thyself, take heed to thyself, take heed to thyself, that thou offer not thy burnt offerings in every place that you see. You hear that now? You hear that? Take heed to yourself, that you do not, you offer not thy burnt offerings in every place that you see. So we're not to be giving just any old place that we come to. We're not to be just giving our tithes and offerings just any place or something that just pops up or something comes in the mail, you know, gives it this gift that you pray about what you're giving to whether or not God wants you to even give there. Okay? okay? Heed to yourself that you not offer thy burnt offerings in every place that thou seest, but in the place which the Lord shall choose in one of thy tribes, there thou shalt offer thy burnt offerings, and there thou shalt do all that I command thee. So again, he's saying here, we have to give our offerings where he wants us to give. Okay? Where his name is, where he is. We need to be giving the blessings now in modern day times. We need to be needing to, to be giving our blessings in terms of a, a financial increase in a place where God's name is not. In a place that is not practicing and preaching and living the word of God. We're not to be giving that. You should be giving where the word of God is going forth because that's where you indeed will be blessed. Diligently hearken unto these words. God has blessings laying up for you. God has blessings that are being stored up for you. Going into this Christmas time season, the season and into the new year, but it's a time of gift giving. God is going to give another gift. God gave us the ultimate gift by way of his, his son. That was the ultimate gift God gave us. But now God is in the practice of even giving more. So during this Christmas season, we're thinking about the baby Jesus and his birthday. Think about the blessing that I'm saying to you now that God is, has in store for you. Do you make sure you take heed to God's word? There's so much out there to sidetrack us and distract us today from the truth. It isn't funny. And someone again, you heard me speak about this before. Someone again was on the news saying, this is my truth. There is no my truth. There's one truth, and that's the truth of the living God. Elohim, El Shaddai, Yahweh, Lord God, Jehovah. There is one truth with a capital T, and that's him and his word. 
So don't get caught up in other truths. Don't get caught up in the lies. Don't negate and let dry up before you the blessing that God is about to pour out on you. Make sure that you're holding fast, that you're taking heed, that you're diligently seeking him. Don't let that 54 Chevrolet get in the way and become a God. Don't let that person that you love so dearly become a God. Don't let that job even become so much that, 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 that it comes before God. Put him first in all things and you will indeed be blessed and come into that promised land that God has for you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing for you. And if it was, uh, pass it on to others. We can be reached at www.genesis1.net www.genesis1.net at the top of the page. You'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified when these messages are available, when new messages are available. We're also on YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries. And we have free apps out there at, uh, for um, Apple and Android devices. And they can be found at their respective uh, play stores, you know, where they uh, have their apps available. Just go there, Genesis One. And you'll find our apps there. And from, through those apps, you can download all of these sermons. Uh, you can record these messages uh, in, in video or audio only, if you like. You can download them for, uh, for later viewing or maybe passing on to someone else. Um, it's all free of charge. It's all free of charge. We, we have no agenda here other than to spread the word of God and to do what the Holy Spirit calls us to do and to say, amen. But it's all free of charge. And uh, if you're in the uh, Salem, Oregon area, by all means, come by and join us uh, for live service. Live services are at 1030, and we are at 2651 Commercial Street uh, in Salem, Oregon, in the Condelaria Terrace area section of uh, Salem. Uh, come in and join us. We'd love to see you. We'd love to pray with you, pray for you. Come and worship with us, and, and, and just, just love the Lord. We're here. We're here for, we're here for you here for you. God loves you, so we love you. So come on by and join us. Amen. So again, you know, I pray that you just, you know, continue listening to these messages. Um, come on out. Love the Lord. Take heed to what you've heard today. Uh, God has much in store for you. You just have some faith and continue keeping his word. Amen. Let's go to prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, O oh Lord God, for this time that we've had with you, Lord. And we thank you for these words, O oh Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that every single listener here, as they go forward, that they shall keep these words deeply, deeply rooted within their spirits so that they cannot be snatched away by the evil one if, she should, if he should try to arise in their lives, O oh Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you bless every single listener, O oh Lord God. Let their hearts be drawn unto you, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. So go forth and be blessed and remember always that Jesus is Lord. Oh my God.